Hello and welcome to Outdoors in Scotland. My name's John Burns and this is my week podcast for folk who like to be, well, outdoors in Scotland, basically. Um, it's Well, summer's arrived. Uh, I've got it officially uh, noted down. Uh, here in the Highlands, um, it's been fairly cool, I have to say. We've had quite a cold May. The odd, the odd sort of blip of sunshine, but at least it's dry. So, and I believe, I believe the good news, of course, is that the midges have arrived yet on mass. So we always, we always wait for them to arrive, don't we? So <laughs> that's it. Um, I've got my guest today uh, is, a, is a fellow writer and and is talking to us all the way from Berlin. Uh, just uh, I, this is this is the glamour of the international podcast uh, circuit, you know. Um, like me, he's a writer, and I want to talk to him about the, his book and uh, what uh, inspired him to write to write it about the outdoors. So I'll be talking to Tim Woods uh, about his book, Tall Tales from High Places. Hi, Tim. How are you? I'm good, thanks, yet. John, how are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. What's the weather like in Berlin, then? Well, after a very, very grey and bleak spring, uh, it's turned sunny over the last few weeks so we've had uh, 25 degrees today which has been very pleasant and it's been most oh, welcome right okay okay <laughs> yeah 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 it has been for, for us it's been quite a grim may for some reason i quite know why it's been quite a grim oh by the same <laughs> same for, for you as far as i can hear yeah. yes yeah, well, yeah. Well, up, up until just recently into writing then tim uh well uh i'm actually a writer in my day job um, i'm a science oh, right. writer so it, I write about climate change. So I'm not I'm not a professional novelist or anything like that. Not yet, anyway. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I write about science and climate change um, and also humanitarian uh, issues in my day job. And I just wanted to have a go at something a bit more creative or a bit more writing about what, what I wanted to write about or my yeah. own experiences rather than um, writing about work. So yeah, I, I, I wrote one book about Britpop. Um, a few years back and then I turned my uh, focus to what is probably my first love which is the outdoors and mountains. And so uh, where are you where are most of your stories set well whereabouts in, in they're from Britain basically but I understand whereabouts in Britain? They are well they're from anywhere with a with a high place really um, I mean some of them the book is called Twisted Mountains but I guess it not everywhere in the book counts as a mountain so there's one story set in the South Downs Okay. Yeah, I lived in Brighton for a long time, so it's it's an area I know well. Uh, there's one set on Exmoor, um, which again, you know, some would argue isn't yeah. isn't really a mountain, same as Dartmoor. Um, but really, I've I've been quite lucky. Um, I've I've managed to see an awful lot of the the UK's high places. In I've lived in Scotland. I've spent a lot of time in Wales, and also in the in England itself. I've I've been to lots of different national parks and high places, and. I suppose I tried to set one of the stories. There's there's 16 stories in the book. I tried to set uh -huh. one in each place that I know. Um, so each of the the stories are all made up, but each of the places that they're set in are places that I visited myself. So it was kind of writing about places I know, which is always good fun. As I'm sure you know yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's so so sort of fictionalized in, in 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 the sort of way that I suppose that I put in into Bothy Tales. Absolutely, what is yeah. what what is it that fascinates you about what what, what do you find interesting in writing about um, wild places? I suppose is probably perhaps the best description of what you write about. Um, well, I mean, I, I, I've read a lot of 
outdoors writing. Um, so whether that's the nature writing, um, someone like Amy Liptrot, or um, I'm just reading a book by Raina Wynn at the moment. And yeah, I, I have read your books as well. Perhaps not all of them. Oh, right. I see there's a few new ones out, but <laughs> I have read that. some of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but I suppose I was kind of inspired by that. You know, I, it's something that is always interesting to read about a place you know and to see how other people describe it um, and sort of, you know, I find sometimes, you know, someone can be writing about a place I know, uh, particularly Scotland, but I'd say, you know, the Lake District and other places as well. And it, it just kind of chimes with you. You just think, oh, yeah, yeah, I can really kind of picture that. You yeah. know, it's kind of, it's in your head when they've really brought that out. And I suppose it was just a a little challenge to myself. I, it, I, I don't think I'm quite descriptive enough to um, be a full-on nature writer and really kind of pick up all those little details in the outdoors. You know, some of the the books I've read, um, you know, they've got such an eye for yeah the things they spot and the way they're able to describe them. So, so I went instead to the kind of the fiction side and trying to set yeah. a, a series of kind of mini adventures in the outdoors. So I didn't have to write too much of the kind of place descriptions, <laughs> which is <laughs> what I find a bit more tricky. I'll leave that to the experts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed, I, I, I certainly do. So what? Um... <laughs> Well, what got you into the outdoors um, uh, at first? What, what was your sort of introduction to uh, walking and climbing and that, that sort of thing? Well, I guess um, I'm not unusual in, in this. Um, it was the Duke of Edinburgh scheme. Um, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I did that when I was at school. I grew up in Wiltshire, which is, right. you know, perhaps hillier than some people might think, but it's not. It's not the great outdoors. Um, in the kind of wilder sense. But yeah, my school did uh, a Duke of Edinburgh scheme. And I joined that at about, I think it was 13 or 14. I can't remember what age you start. And so we went to Exmoor, which is not too far from us, and also to the Brecon Beacons. And something within me just clicked. Um, you know, I just, there was, uh, my friends and I got lost on Exmoor on our first ever training weekend. But right. even then, I just okay. thought, oh, I love it. Well, <laughs> we, we we had our compass upside down. So, you know, they, they say uh -huh. the Duke of Edinburgh scheme is a place to learn. And <laughs> we got our north and south confused, which is, <laughs> we were walking away from Dunkery Beacon rather than towards it. Well, um, I, I, I used to work in, uh, you know, in mountain rescue. And, and ah, actually... yeah. The the uh, what what you did there to be honest is one of the most common navigational <laughs> errors there is. You wouldn't think it. That's good it to is. know. <laughs> way around is surprisingly surprise. Well, you well I don't know whether people you sort of use compasses these days, but uh, certainly that was <laughs> the most common. The, the easiest error is to be, is to be 180 degrees out. So there. You yes. Go. Yes. Yeah, that's that's what got us that time. But that was my start, really, the Duke of Edinburgh Award, and then. As I get a bit older, I could go with uh, friends. Um, I went to Sheffield University simply on the basis that it was near the oh, Peak right. District. I didn't have a, a lot of other reasons for going other than the outdoors being right on the doorstep there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I've carried on ever since, really. Um, I mean, Sheffield's I've, I've a fantastic sitting, isn't it? If you It is, yeah. It's... Outdoors. I mean, the, I, I lived in Sheffield for, for, for oh, about okay. five years on and off. Mm -hmm. And uh, the great thing about it is, as you say, you've got the... You can the gritstone edges, uh, mm -hmm. uh, which offer uh, endless climbing poppers, uh, rock climbing possibilities to you, are, are only what half an hour from the town centre. Really. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's very accessible. And uh, I actually did caving when I was there. That was my thing. I, I never quite. Oh, got, I was never really agile enough for the rock climbing. So I went for the bit where you can just uh, hang on a rope and wriggle down. <laughs> you don't have to be very agile for it. I've always thought <laughs> that caving essentially was mountaineering with the good bits taken out. 
<laughs> it's cold, wet, and there's no views. You know that. Basically. Yeah, it's it's a strange show. I've not kept it up, so maybe there's something in that. I think you need to be near caves. I think you need to be doing it fairly regularly to get yeah. in the habit of getting soaked on a Thursday evening, and <laughs> then you could just go straight to the pub. Of caving, of course, is it is that you don't have to get up early in the morning. <laughs> yes, that's true. And right. and you can do it all year round as well. It doesn't get colder. It's not like walking yeah. or climbing. You can go and winter in the caves of the same temperature. So it is it is an all year round sport. So uh, it's got that in its favour as well. So you went into the into the, the, the potholes of Derbyshire. Is that is that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, Derbyshire and the Yorkshire Dales. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and you said you lived in Scotland for a while. Is that right? Yeah, just for a year. Um, well, this is this is actually kind of not quite linked to the book, but. Um, I worked at an outdoor centre for young people from uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh mainly they came from. And we were in, the, the outdoor centre was based in Aberfoyle, which is just oh, in the Loch Lomond and Trossachs uh, National yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah, I was there recently, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 no, it's a lovely, lovely part of the world. And we were we were very near um, Ben Lomond. Oh, and the challenge okay. sometimes was to do Ben Lomond before breakfast. <laughs> we could get up there, get up and down, and then be still back in time for breakfast. And then in, in the summer when you've got the long hours of daylight. Is that a reconic or no? Uh, sorry? I can't remember what it's called now. There's there's, uh, there's, a, well, there's a youth hostel there, isn't there? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nearby, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, so we were just, just east of there, yeah. I mean, I must admit, to be, to be fair, uh, uh, I, I, did, I walked part of the Great Glen Way. Mm -hmm. Staggered part of the Glake <laughs> recently, and uh, I must—I I was very impressed by the countryside there. I mm. mean, Loch Lomond, it has to be said. I know it's got all sorts of access problems, and it's yes. perhaps too heavily um, used, you know. But mm. but but Loch Lomond is—it it is uh, scenically, I think, one mm -hmm. of the finest lochs in Scotland. And I don't know what you think of that area. No, I I loved it. Um, I mean, my my real kind of passion for Scotland, I suppose, is the West Highlands, you know, up towards right, Sky right. and um, yeah. Torrid and places like that. But right. but having proper mountains on my doorstep, it was the first time, I think, in my life where you didn't have to plan a trip to the mountains. They were just there. You know, you could wait for a, a sunny afternoon and go yeah. off climbing and working at an outdoor centre as well. Everyone that you're living and working with also loves the outdoors. So yeah. there was never a shortage of partners or uh, people to go out and uh, climbing with. So, uh, yeah, that, it was it was a great year. Definitely. Apart yeah. from the midges. <laughs> Apart from, oh, God bless the midges. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> one of the things I don't, I don't know if you, I, I, one of the problems I, I think Loch Lomond really does bring home, though, is, is just people competing almost for space. I mean, it's mm. such a fantastic area. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I was when I was there. There's, there's. I think it's this is this is me being a miserable get. I, I guess, but <laughs> um, there was a lot of people. Well, not a lot of some people on jet skis and that sort of thing. Oh really? Oh wow! Roaring okay. down the yeah. lock, you know, and that that kind. I think they are bringing. A, I think a, a, or talking about bringing a, a speed limit. Which I guess okay. will stop all that. It's 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 so difficult mm. when, when you've got a lot of people who want to enjoy the outdoors. And uh, I it's, felt jet yeah. skis. This is my campaign against jet skis. <laughs> Problem with jet skis, <laughs> you get one guy on a jet ski, and he the noise of his uh, of his engine carries mm. for miles. You know, it's really yeah. difficult how to use to use these areas. It's, it is. It's, you kind of feel there should be a compromise. 
and that everyone should enjoy the outdoors how they wish to. But yeah, I don't know. It's a bit like with the quad bikes. I kind of feel yeah. maybe it's just not suitable. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a, a tricky one. It's a difficult thing to call, you know. Mm. For some reason, you don't seem to see many jet skis on. I obviously live near Loch, Loch Ness, and I don't, I don't, okay. don't, see, don't see many jet skis on Loch Ness for some reason. Okay. Yeah, maybe Loch Lomond's a bit more accessible. I don't know. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Well, obviously, I suppose that must be it because obviously there's a there's a you've got the great collaboration there in Glasgow. You know. Which yeah. Is, of course. Yeah, really, just, and Inverness is, is tiny compared to that. So I suppose <laughs> that's 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 got that's got all to do with it, really. You know. Yeah, it could be part of it, definitely. And what? So you you, you say that you you're interested in the West Coast. So <laughs> what what what's the various you like? You're obviously a, a very fond of Torridon. Yeah, well, uh, I had probably my three uh, best mountain days. Well, the best three-day trip was uh, when two friends from the Outdoor Centre and myself did, uh, we did the Ring of Steel, we did Anchalak, and we did Leotak in three days. And it was it was late August, oh, we had perfect weather. And yeah, it was incredible. I can remember it now. Uh, it was, yeah, just one of those trips that everything goes perfectly. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that 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 sounds a classic three days. To be honest, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, we made the most of the day. We actually did the whole ridge of uh, Anchelak in one day from from sea level, uh, and we were quite pleased to discover a lot of people stagger out over two days. So we we felt quite pleased with ourselves after that. Um, yeah, we got yeah. lost on Lieta. Uh, yeah, <laughs> another game lost. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Ring of Steel at the end was the nice way on the way back. Oh, to, that was on uh, the end. The I see. I yeah, see. Yeah. Yeah, so we actually did it, yeah, from the north to the south. Um, but yeah, it was fantastic. It was, um, yeah, three great days. But I think since then, actually, the, the place I've come to really like is around Glenfinnan and um, oh, yeah. Neudart. Yeah I, yeah, I got rid of my car uh, a few years ago. I actually um, set up a, a website about car-free walks that you can do in the UK. Oh, um, yeah. But all the, all, the li- all the stops along the line from West... Um, along the West Highland Way from Fort William to Malague, um, you can do fantastic walks there, and that's that's kind of whenever I've gone up to Scotland, that's where that's been the focus of my uh, walking around. Um, yeah, particularly Glenfinnan, but also uh, there's little stations all the way. I forget their names, Lochila, I think is one of them. Yeah, yeah. But all yeah. the way up to Malague, um, it's yeah, it's beautiful walks, and you can kind of walk into the valleys and then back out to another station, and it's yeah, it's yeah. fantastic down there. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Even slightly further south than that, you've obviously got places that are, that are accessible from terrain. Places like Karoo. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's another favourite as well. Yeah, Karoo as well. And um, Queen Larrack as well is another place I've done quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. It, uh, a friend of mine, uh, who I sort of relate to in the book, Martin, he's, he's a, a, a train expert at doing all that, you know? <laughs> uh, you have to sort of know your, your, your timetables inside out and backwards. But, you know, yes. But, Yes, yes. So you don't want to miss one because uh, well, the West Island Way I think is every two. Um, sorry, the West Island Railway I think is every two hours. So the most you're going to wait is two hours in each each direction. But yeah, it, it can be a cold two hours if if you're at one of the stations without a cafe. Kuro is really good because it's got the pub there, of course. So yeah, you know, I, I'm always more than happy to miss the train at Kuro. <laughs> uh... well, only during the summer, I think. It was, I was certainly. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was there. Uh, I, I, I spent one memorable uh, night on Kuro Kuro Station. Uh, okay. That was really quite strange because I, I I'd set out to do uh, to walk into Belle de Bothy from there, mm-hmm. but uh, what I hadn't uh, allowed for was that it was actually 
it was it was winter, but it was it was quite a, a, a sunny sort of winter. Um, okay. <clears throat> there was a lot of melt water coming off the hills, which was great. And so I tried <laughs> to cross the rivers. <laughs> that, that, that didn't happen. So I had to retreat yes. to Carole Station, and uh, obviously it went dark in winter. And, and that's a really bizarre thing because you're in the middle of nowhere. It's just pitch dark around you, and you can't really <laughs> believe there's going to be a train. And then there's yes, a, yeah, it's quite remote. Frozen of light, and, and a, a train appears from nowhere. <laughs> uh, all the passengers who've just been shopping in Glasgow or something like that are sort of <laughs> into the windows, watching this, seeing this nutcase in the middle. Of the <laughs> well, funnily enough, one of the the stories in the book um, is actually set at Kuro uh, and Ben Alderbothy. So um, oh, yeah, they're right. both. They do both feature, yeah, yeah. So uh, then, yeah, that wasn't set up at all. <laughs> it was a, well, yeah, no, we didn't do that at all. We didn't plan that at all, did we? Quite an iconic place, really, isn't it? That bar, yes. Coffee, you know. Yes, yes. Like legends of ghosts and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's it's quite a special place, I find. Um, yeah, we walked in when we did it. Um, well, a, a friend and I, we did it a long time ago. Um, yeah, we walked in from Kuro to Ben Order. Stayed the night there and then did uh, Ben Order the day after. And again, yeah, we were lucky with the weather. It was really nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've had that. that, that. You can be lucky, lucky with the weather. <laughs> <I've heard. laughs> well, the, the thing was coming up from Brighton. Obviously, you've, you've come a long way, yeah. and you know you need yeah. to book your trains in advance, and you can't yeah. do it on a whim. So, uh, yeah, we we kind of got lucky most of yeah, the time. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I uh, think for folk who live, uh, you know, unfortunately enough to live some considerable distance from the Highlands. You know, they, well, when I used to, when I started coming up, I came up from Liverpool and places like that, mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, you can arrive and you can spend a fortnight in the rain or yes. you can have fantastic yeah. weather. And it's mm -hmm. always that gamble. There's not much you can do about that, really, is there? No, no, no. No, you just have to make the best of it, I think, whichever the weather is. And yeah. I, yeah. I learned the trick of uh, sort of accepting a low-level walk if the rain was really bad. I learned that a few years ago, that it's it's fine to to stick to the valleys, make it a bit shorter and go to the pub a bit yeah. earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, I think we, we started out once in... Um, in the in, in around Clooney Inn, you know, and, and mm -hmm. Shield Bridge yep. there, and it and, and it absolutely deluged down. But we mm. discovered that, that the further west, surprisingly enough, on the the Western Isles, it was it was actually much better. So we were, <laughs> we travelled over there, and, and it was great. You know, we spent a, a, some time in an area we hadn't really planned to visit, but it, it was oh. still great to see it and great to explore that area. Oh, yeah. Now there's, there's there's always so much to do in Scotland. That's one of the things that I think keeps drawing me back there. Is um, I think it's probably quite difficult to run out of hills because you know if even yeah. if you did all the Munros or all the Corbett's or whatever, uh, you could if you do them in different seasons, yeah. do them in different it, directions. Yeah, there's endless possibilities. Scotland is, well, the Highlands is huge. Mm, I mean, I, yeah, I, I've been, absolutely. I've been sort of exploring the Highlands for about forty years. And I'm still finding mm. places I've never been. Or I realise, I think, my God, it's ten years since I was there. You know, it, 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 it's quite, it's quite amazing how, how how these things pass on. You know, so you, you, obviously you're a professional writer, and you're sort of committed writer. Are you writing anything new at the moment then? Um, well, uh, I'm trying to. Yes, uh, right. I'm working on uh, a book set in uh, the UK in 2060. Oh, right. uh, and sort of you know what what the planet might look a bit like then and i guess uh -huh. that's slightly tied more to the day job because it's yeah there's yeah. links to climate change and 
and how um, the country might have changed and how we'll kind of keep going. And I, I suppose it's also, I mean, it's, it's, it's a long way from being finished, I must confess. But um, I think one of the things is I've seen the last 10 years of the UK uh, with with Brexit and uh, a lot of other things from, from overseas. And I wonder if that's kind of given me a different take on some of these issues. Um, right. But yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of looking at what, what Britain might be like in 2060. It, essentially, it's with the Green Party in power, uh, which <laughs> I suppose right, moves yeah. it towards uh, science fiction, maybe. But uh, <laughs> it's, well, that's, not, that's what we're looking at. I mean, it's... it's, it's... Well, we're, 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 these are strange times, are they not? Yes, yeah, you never know what might happen. <laughs> we never know what's going to happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it is. Uh, and we're certainly starting to see, oh, I to tell you, but we're, certain, we're certainly starting to see the effects of, of, of climate change now in, in the hills and the way it's yes. yeah. um, changed and our climates. Our climate, well, our climate's knackered, basically. Mm. Probably, that's perhaps a technical term. I'm sure you've got better ways. <laughs> no, no, I think, I think we can use that, yeah. But people <laughs> say that, um, <laughs> that the winters in Scotland are a bit less predictable now as well for the ice climbing and things. It's... Yeah, yeah, I'm really glad I'm, I, I gave up ice climbing a while ago, you know, because okay. ice climbing is always a fairly fickle sport anyway. Okay. But, but, but in recent years, it's just there has been the odd good season. If you okay. if you catch it right, it, it it's still mm. good. But you've got to catch it right, and obviously that's a, a very a very different thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Trips, I mean, obviously, I think you've you've got a small child at the moment. Is that right? Uh, two. Well, um, yeah, two small children. Um, oh, right, so, right. But we're what we're all going to your kids now then. They're, they're seven and four, so they're, they're just being oh, primed right. to get into walking. <laughs> they, they tend to be very time-consuming at the moment. Yeah. Not like that age, yeah? <laughs> they have curtailed it a bit. And the, the, the downside of Berlin is it's not really near many mountains. Um, so right. there's no popping out for an afternoon while they're, they're at a friend's house. You've got to, you've got to plan it a bit. The, the nearest ones we have are either the Hartz Mountains, which are in right. kind of central north Germany, or there's right. some really nice... Uh, mountains on the border with the Czech Republic called okay. the Sächsische Schweiz. Um, they're not huge; it's about kind of 600 meters, maybe, but they're a little bit like the Peak District, maybe sandstone. Um, right. And okay. along the Elbe River, and it's it's really nice there for climbing and um, walking. And it's they're very steep, so a lot of them have got sort of steel bars and ladders and things. So it, it feels a bit more dramatic, even though you're not that high off the ground. So yeah, I'm planning a trip there. Well, as, as soon as I can get around to it, in fact, because <laughs> right. now's the time to go. I'm always amazed that, that, that perhaps not so much now, but certainly you used to get a lot of German folk in Bothies. I always yes. thought that was, yeah. I could never understand that because I mean, obviously they must have played. Perhaps they don't. Well, you'll know. You're in Germany. Do they do they have the equivalent of Bothies in Germany? I have no idea. No, no. I mean, they have in the Alps the the mountain huts, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. And. I guess that's, I think they're in Germany as well, but obviously Austria and Switzerland are the best known for that. Um, and a lot of Germans would go there. But I mean, the the kind of the right to roam, as far as I understand in Germany, is very, very restricted. You you know, you stick to waymark paths a lot more than you would in Scotland. Oh, is that right? And, is that right? Yeah. And so the, the German hikers I know, I think there's something about the kind of the, the openness of Scotland where you can you can pretty much go where you like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. choose your own path. You can go up the mountain, whichever way you choose. Whereas in Germany, it's like you go this way or you go this way, and there'll be signposts all the way. Um, and yeah, there's nothing that I know of similar to Bothies. It's it's either a mountain hut, and it, some of these mountain huts, you know, on the top of you know 
2500 meter peak uh, got a cafe and you know <laughs> kind of camera shop and stuff so right. we're not right. we're not in the world of bothies here so maybe that kind of simplicity and the kind of the, the fact you just turn up you don't need to book it at all you well i mean as far as i know still with bothies you can you can just no, turn no, up, you with just turn up. Yeah, strong. yeah yeah um i think that must appeal to a lot of them and i think there's, there's quite a lot of interest in Scottish culture in generally. You know, German people, they love the whiskey. They love um, some of the kind of Scottish crime and stories, you know, like thinking of Reba's books and that kind of thing. But there's a real kind of affinity for Scotland, I've noticed. Maybe it's just the Germans I know, but more so than perhaps England or Wales. You know, there's, there's a kind of thing about Scotland which you know has, has gripped the Germans, well, some of the Germans, in the same way that... It, you know, has other places as well. There's definitely a pool there. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, there, yeah, I suppose it, you know, Scotland does have a very, very strong sort of iconic identity. And of course, we've yes. got the hills. There's no two ways about it, you know. <laughs> so, so from that point of view, I can, uh, well, that, that probably explains a lot of the, the, the fascination. That, it that, could well be, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I could never quite understand it, because obviously they don't have bothies. And I thought, I thought, surely there are places like this in Germany, but obviously. No, I don't think so. Not, not that I've heard of. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I think that kind of, yeah, like I say, the it's either mountain hats or, or a hotel or something, yeah. Right, right. So have you any idea, this is always the big question for any author. <laughs> <laughs> so have you any idea when the next, when the next book's going to come out then? And probably in the, well, it depends a bit on work and the children and where, yeah, yeah. Uh, how, how much time I find to write it. Um, I would say, I'm hoping next year, the aim is to finish the first draft. Uh, by the end right, of the summer. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's kind of three quarters written, and then right. I've got a little pool of people who will take a look at it for me and tell me it's rubbish. And uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just improvement. I always had to have someone to tell you it's rubbish. That's definitely. Yes, right. definitely. Well, they, they don't. They don't tell me that, but they um, <laughs> they give you useful. They tell me. <laughs> 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 no, it's, anyway, uh, it's slow burner. Yeah, looking forward to your next book. And Thank so, um, thanks for being on the show. That was Tim Woods talking about tall tales from high places. Thanks very much, Tim. Thanks, Jim. Uh,